Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. Welcome. I am so delighted to have a fantastic guest on for you today. Hello, Janine Halloran. How are you? I'm good, Christine. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And I, I'm so thrilled to talk to you today. I will pause briefly just to say to listeners that Janine is a licensed mental health counselor, a mom of two, and your website and your products are amazing. Your website is Coping Skills for Kids. And through this website, folks, Janine offers families and professionals practical ways to help kids cope with stress, anxiety, and anger, of which there's a lot right now, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, there is. It, I mean, and people are talking a lot about, you know, the impacts of COVID. And I just have to remind people, this anxiety and depression stuff was happening before COVID. It just, yes. COVID just made it a little bit more intense, but it was there before. We were seeing increased anxiety, increased depression, increased stress, increased anger in our kids beforehand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, before we jump in, I always love, I love singing the praises of my guests and I love embarrassing them a little bit on the spot. So I will share one, I'll share two things actually. It is occurring to me that you um, well, I knew this before. You were a wonderful um, quote contributor to one of my CNN pieces on helping tweens and teens with their feelings. So I will link that up in the show notes. But also in episode 257, I had the wonderful Katie Hurley on for an episode called Navigating Big Feelings and Hard Conversations. And in this episode, when I asked about favorite resources, Katie spoke your praises so highly and so beautifully. I think she said something along the lines of that she is just continually inspired by how generous you are in your passion to help. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And so in case you hadn't heard that, I wanted to say it to you live because we all need more props and more like when you're in the weeds doing the hard work, I just think it's really important. So thank you for everything you do. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Katie Hurley and I are like, we fangirl with each other. 
because I've been a fan of her work for so long. I mean, I read the Happy Kid Handbook and I, I actually wrote about it on Encourage Play, my other blog. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, her work is incredible. And to, to know that she also thinks my work is incredible is like, it's so weird to me and like <laughs> really fun. <laughs> it's so not weird. Just embrace. I mean, I think the thing about both of you, and I'll link up Katie's work as well in that back episode for listeners, but both of you, I think the reason your work especially resonates for me is it's so actionable. It's so targeted towards like, okay, what's the little thing we can do next and now? And that's, you know, people need the little things right now. Um, so actually before I jump in, I just wanted to, as I said, thank you for everything you do. And I just wanted to ask like, how are you holding up? Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, that's an interesting question, Christine. Um, so here, here's the thing. Um, when lockdown first happened, I'm going to go way back when it, like when it first happened, March, 2020, I was like, I need to do something. I had this like drive in me to like write a blog post, write a podcast, do all the stuff. Right. And I did that. And then I immediately fell apart. Like I just mm. <laughs> like, it was two weeks of like me, like really being intense, um, about like, I want to get word. I like, I need to help all these people. Like, what can I say? There's, t- I have stuff on my mind. I want to help people out as much as I can. And then I realized that I was in the middle of a pandemic and a lockdown and it was not great. Um, so I really actually had to work on my own coping skills because Mm, the mm -hmm. things that I would do before, like I had a really great Zumba family that I would see every week. And that was the way that I would get all of my stress out. And I would do things like go and, you know, buy new ingredients at the store and try new recipes and all the things that I had been able to do before were gone. Like it was just Mm -hmm. my go-tos were gone. So I really dug deep and figured out some different strategies. Right now, I'm doing much better. I was actually talking Mm. to a colleague of mine, like, um, it took me a little bit of time to find my balance. And, you know, as time has gone on through all of it, like, different periods of time, different things have worked for me. But even, like I was saying to you before, we're in the midst of, like, moving, buying and selling a house, and I'm doing all right. Like, I'm handling it. Like, I have my list. I'm, I just, I worked out this morning. I went for a walk with the dog. Like I'm just trying to keep myself balanced mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because otherwise it will not go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that so candidly. And the reality is we do all need to lean into those coping skills. I mean, just this morning I was reading the headlines and feeling myself rage stroking and being like, <laughs> okay, I need to like figure out how to pull myself together. Cause I have a full day in front of me and I have kids and a dog and all this stuff. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age leading to thinner, drier skin. If you're looking for support, hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal. Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. 
Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. As you know, I am all about micro-improvements, and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. So let's jump into my first question, actually. Obviously, you've seen a lot over the past couple of years. And I'm really curious about your thoughts on how kids are doing right now. You know, the major pain points. I mean, I was about to say, what are the major pain points as things sort of get back to normal? but And I'm thinking in terms of things like, you know, masks coming off. But then I've also heard about a lot of parents talking about unmasking, creating more anxiety. I feel like there's always kind of some the push and pull of the levers. It's it's very murky. So, yeah, I guess I'm just curious about your current sense of what's happening for kids and how they're doing. It's so interesting because it just it depends on the kids that you are looking at. So, you know, I had a couple of clients because I still see private clients. I had a couple of clients who were very nervous about taking masks off and they do have anxiety. But it was, you know, there's this anxiety around like unmasking after so long of having to mask Mm -hmm. and like being comfortable with other people outside of your family unmasking. Um, And then there's the, well, we just had a COVID thing go through our house and now we have to quarantine and now we're masking again. And it's like this back and forth that I think feels a little whiplashy for some children. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that that's going on. There's also, I'm noticing just as a mom and a parent of middle schoolers, gosh, the shenanigans that are happening at school because kids are just you know, they're, they are not making good choices sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the kind way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, I, I'm confused as to why, I mean, well, I'm not actually confused. Like it's middle school is always like a really big challenge. Their behavior is always interesting, but, um, I think there's an added layer of, you know, we haven't been together for so long and we are now unmasking and it feels sort of normal and they're getting this like, everybody has like senioritis in a way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, I'm getting these emails from the school, like we're going to have to have school meeting again because people feel like it is summertime and it's not summertime yet. And we have to get through. Um, And then, you know, there are also those kids who are sort of like, okay, I had a little social anxiety when I was coming out of this and now I'm doing better. And now I'm like, I'm taking those baby steps to move forward and to go into life. So 
I'm going to see people, but like not going forever and like wanting to make sure that I have an out. So I'm going to text my mom when I've got to, when I've, when I'm done, like mm-hmm. I'm done being around others. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to come back to my room and my shell. Um, but there it's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like there are some, it, it's moving along. There are some kids that are really moving along and some kids who need a little bit more help. Yeah. And the kids that need more help, I really want them to be able to see counselors, to see therapists, and it is really challenging. Yeah. Well, speaking of counselors and therapists, which I believe highly in, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know, but I am married to a licensed mental health counselor as well. But um, there you go. You know, the headlines about kids and mental health have been, they're, they're just, they're brutal. Um, and I'm not a Pollyanna by any means, but I do think people need to see the potential for better times. And, you know, just now you were referencing how all over the map it is. You know, it's really a spectrum of experience right now. I'm curious if you're able to share any positives or a story of hope and inspiration regarding kids and mental health. Oh, absolutely. So I am a Pollyanna and I'm not ashamed. Um, (laughs) You be you. Anything is fine. So I, I do because I always I try to find the positive. I try to look for the silver lining. I actually think I wrote a, a podcast episode called The Silver Linings of COVID because there were some things that were positive in COVID. But the one thing that I will that I always try to point people to is um, this study that I was reading out of Johns Hopkins. So it talks about positive childhood experiences. So kids experience, you know, things that are traumatic, things that are challenging And COVID could be one of those things that people can experience that can be a really big challenge for them. Like certain kids are impacted more by it. But what are the things that are positive? What are the positive experiences we can give to our children that are protective for them? And it's actually like kind of easy in a way. So one of the first things is for families to talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. That is it. Talking about feelings. Another thing is for you to feel like your family cares in challenging times. Okay. Um, Another thing is to have two non-adult people in your life, uh, non-parent adults in your life who care about you. So that's a teacher. Mm -hmm. That's a counselor. Mm -hmm. And just by, you know, I always say this to the professionals when I meet with them, like just by you caring genuinely about your kids in your classroom you are a protective factor for them. Yeah. That's positive for them. I love that. So th- just by doing these things, by taking the time to have a check-in, by taking the time to talk about feelings, by taking the time to make your kids feel care- cared for, which you do as a parent anyway, you are that's protective. Mm. So let's talk about it. Like, it, this isn't great. Let's talk about it. We would talk about it all the time. We still talk about it. Like, this does not feel wonderful or mm-hmm. I'm doing all right. You know, like, let's have a check-in. And it, it does make a difference. It really helps. And it's dose dependent. So the more they get of it, the better it is. And the better the mental, their mental health is as adults. That's awesome. And I, I would love to get that, the link to that study uh, so I can link it up. And also because I, I just, you know, I'd love to nerd out a little on research. I think that's so wonderful and, and everyday actionable, like, as you're pointing out, like people are probably doing a lot of the things they need to be doing already, which is, will probably come as relief to people who are like, I don't, I don't have any more energy to do any more actual things. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I always say it to my parents. I'm like, you don't act just, you being like you doing what you're doing right now, you're caring for your kid and you're asking them how they feel and you have them see a therapist. Like 
you're doing good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that vein of everyday and actionable, I've talked about it on this show before, but I just want to underscore that one little tip I picked up from an educator friend years ago and is something that we still do, you know, periodically around the dinner table is just asking about a high and a low on the day. And, you know, what was something great that happened? What was something kind of terrible? And it's really, I'm just continually, it's a continually illuminating exercise, you know, because the stuff that kids will come up with or the stuff that, um, you know, I will share or whatever, it's just really great. And it's such a quick and easy check-in and it doesn't feel overly um, like we're trying too hard to sort of cornered them to talk about things. And it's now it's such a routine. So I really recommend that if parents are looking for a really easy entry into it. Oh, yeah. And we used we used to call that actually roses and thorns. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> when they were little, they'd come off the bus and I'd be like, what are your roses and thorns? And, <laughs> you know, I remember my son coming off. I have a thorn. <laughs> <laughs> someday there some days there are a lot of them. But yes, yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, we're actually going to talk more about feelings and especially how things are going as we um, head into the summer. And we're going to do that after a quick break. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted. And after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. People often talk about the impact of things like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrition on skin, but did you know those things impact your hair too? If you've been dealing with hair thinning, you are not alone, and Nutrafol is here to help. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use promo code EDIT. That's Nutrafol.com, using promo code EDIT. Hello, friends. We are back with the wonderful Janine Halloran. 
Janine, I got to say, as I mentioned earlier, I woke up kind of in a rage stroke and this is like just the therapy I needed talking to you. I feel so much better. So call me anytime. Okay, great. <laughs> I got, I'll send you my secret digits. Um, <laughs> Anyway, my next question is right now we're recording. It's beginning of May. Actually, this is going to go live in May. So we are officially starting the off ramp for the school year. You referenced senioritis. I actually have a senior and the senioritis is real. And, you know, the end of the year can bring a lot of stressors. So I would just I'm sure you have a whole bag of tricks in your your magical coping tactics bag. But I was wondering if you have a favorite quick and effective coping tactic that parents and caregivers can bring to their kids as they're, you know, trying to process the feelings and the stresses around the end of the school year and testing like testing is happening now. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So one thing that I actually started with doing with my own family recently is doing a gratitude practice at dinner. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not in, I don't want it to be stressful or overwhelming or like too much, so I, you know, people talk about there's there's really good research around the practice of gratitude and looking for the good. And then you will see more good in the days and it helps you sort of focus on the positives as opposed to the negatives. Again, there's my Pollyanna coming out. Um, but what <laughs> we, we just say it out loud, like I don't write it down. I don't like I know that like that's supposed to be good, but I, I've got two kids who are in middle school. I'm not writing it down at dinner time. Um, so or I'm, you know, but just to be able to say what's one good thing that happened? What's one thing that you are proud of from the day? What's one positive that you experienced? What's one thing you're looking forward to this week to try and keep the focus on the good things that are happening? Because there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad and you can definitely sort of focus on it. But to try to remember to get to train your brain to focus on the positive Mm-hmm. by doing that gratitude practice is super powerful. And it, do- it doesn't have to be complicated. Like, yeah. and I, that's what I want people to know. Like you can legit just say at dinner, what's one good thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. And it's, this is also making me think that if one wishes to dive into this a little further and if letter writing is your thing, Janine, I don't know if you know Nancy Davis Co., a different Co., K-H-O, not K-O-H, but she has a wonderful book that came out a few years ago called The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. And it's such a lovely little book. It, you know, it's easy to read and, you know, fills you with good feelings and offers inspiration. So I'll link that up on in the show notes, too. Um, she we also did an interview with her and. Uh, she's lovely and funny. So um, that's another good source of inspiration. I love that tactic. So Janine, we were talking about feelings and how addressing them and talking about them is a really good thing. And I'm really curious about your thoughts on something I saw earlier this spring, which was a post from somebody talking about the potential for kids to be overly tuned to feelings. So let me just give a little more context. So obviously the focus of getting kids to tap into and identify their emotions is a really good necessary thing. And this person was wondering, is it possible to like do that too much and create a situation where kids are overanalyzing and getting anxious about their emotions? So I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. And what would you recommend for parents as far as like a simple and not overbearing way to be attuned to 
facilitating emotional fluency. Sorry, I know that was a lot of talking, but I think I needed to set set it up for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one thing I would say is I think it depends. You want to think about how you're setting it up. So like feelings are something that everybody has every day um, and that all feelings are okay. So, you know, I have these, when I work with littler kids, I talk about the feelings rules and, you know, I talk about, um, you know, every feeling is okay. It's what you do with those feelings that matters. And to um, help kids understand like a feel, one feeling is not final. Like you're not going to just feel sad or mad for the rest of your life. Like it's going to come and go. And it's okay to like be aware of that and just understand that that is just the human way of being, that you are going to have feelings. You know what I mean? And so that's okay. Um, The way that I like to talk about feelings with kids is I try to make it like very everyday um, and like a normal, typical part of our conversations. So, you know, when my kids were younger and we watched PBS Kids and we were talking, you know, Daniel Tiger was having a moment or, (laughs) you know. Or Peg Plus Cat was taking her deep breath or, you know, um, so we, we would talk about it. Um, when we would read books, I would say, oh, I wonder how that person is feeling. I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what they're going to do mm-hmm. next. Um, and so it becomes like a very normal, natural part of life. And then it it's not like this thing where you have to like super focus on it. It's just like, this is what we like. Yeah, I'm feeling really proud of myself today. I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm not really thrilled with being in traffic right now. These are the things that I'm going to do to help me manage my feelings. And I model as much as I can for my kids. And sometimes when I don't, my kids model for me. And so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's really helpful. You know, when I'm getting overwhelmed, my daughter actually, honestly, in COVID, like one of the things that made me stop and take a break was my daughter said, you're working too hard. I think you need to have more fun. Let's play a video game. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Are we the same person? What is happening? (laughs) And I was like, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. That's really (laughs) happened to you. Well, I am definitely the get it stuff done. Not as fun person like around here, but also I'm just like chuckling to myself because I'm in here in my office and of the people in this house, I, I have been, I have needed to work on my feelings a lot because I had a lot of chaos and a lot of trauma as a child and showing my feelings was not safe. Right. So I learned to just kind of tamp them down. So I now have, um, feel children's feeling chart in my office, but one day my, uh, I think she was 10 then, but, and she's now 11, but my younger one, Violet brought this reversible plushie in here. And she said, it, it seems like you're having a hard day. Like if you're, if you need help, like expressing your feelings, like it, you flip it out this way and it's happy. <laughs> you flip it out the other way and it's sad. And I'm like, Wow. Like from the mouth of babes. I love it so much. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Right so now it's funny? on the happy side. I think <laughs> I haven't it's, flipped it yet. Here's the thing. Isn't it so funny? Like you do all this stuff and you're trying to be a parent and you're like, I'm going to, I'm doing a great job. And then suddenly you're like, ah, it's not going well. And then you have your child who's like reflecting back I to know. you. And you're like, this is incredible and humbling and exactly what I needed to just get myself in check. (laughs) Yeah, it really is humbling. Um, Well, I do love that. You know, the every it really is the everyday moments, the everyday touch points. I love that we're grounding so much into that in this episode, because as I mentioned, you know, people are just quite overwhelmed right now with with more things to do. Um, So I would love to hear as I mentioned, as we started this back half of the episode, we're in this runway into summer. 
And I love, I've always loved summer as a time to reset a little bit (laughs) on the chaos of the previous year before rolling into the next one. And I would love, I'm just curious actually about your perspective as somebody who works with so many parents and educators, if you have ideas for how to help families kind of reset and support their kids as we move into summer, like, are there things you recommend people should be doing over the summer? Is that recommendation? Don't do anything like, (laughs) like what, what is the pro advice right now? So my recommendation is do as like as little as possible. (laughs) Love it. Here for it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't like, I am, I'm one of those people like, we are not a sporty family and we do not do like we are not and nobody's in any spring sports and it feels amazing. Um, and what's kind of nice is like not having to like have so many things scheduled. So I yeah. try to take it really down low key in the summertime. And I used to when my kids were younger, I used to call it Halloran camp. Um, and I, we would just do, we'd play games, we'd do puzzles, we'd maybe go for a walk, maybe like once a week, we might go on like a field trip to like a museum or a zoo or something like that. I honestly think the thing that would be most helpful right now is for families to play and families to just hang out and connect again. And that connection can be do by playing video games. That connection can be playing board games. That connection can be watching TV shows together or watching movies um, and just reconnecting with each other, hearing each other, supporting each other, hanging out, taking turns. You know, it's that stuff yeah. is so recharging. Like we try to play a board game or a video game like once a weekend um, so that we can just like hang out and do something fun together. So, um, and I am a board game junkie. So I have, so, well, I work with kids. So I like, I'm always in like Target or, you know, Learning Express. I'm like, I'll just get another game. It's fine. I love um, it. <laughs> so we we got some new games for um, Easter. We celebrate Easter. So we got some new games and we've been loving it. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that recommendation to play, I love it. And it is, I really feel like this is the unexpected theme coming from this episode, but the simplicity is just so powerful. And this is reminding me, I will link up um, the the post that I'm about to reference, and it feels a little weird to quote something that I shared, but I'm going to just do it anyway, because listen, you just got to live. But after April vacation, you're in, you're in Massachusetts too, so you had April vacation I I have to admit, I felt what I was writing about in this post was that I felt a little twinge of like, oh, yeah, I didn't really plan anything, but and I still have to work. But what I tried to do was just be a little more playful and have a little more free time, you know, cut my meetings a little shorter to do the little things. And we probably did. We're puzzle people. And so we probably we we did three 1000 piece puzzles that week. And the thing that I wrote that I feel like is reflective of what you were just saying is I wrote, this past week was a good example of how powerful the small moments and actions are, how love can fill any space, however ordinary. And I feel like that is like the heart of what we're talking about. And I'm just really happy that you are encouraging people to do less and to play more this summer. Oh, yeah. I am all about it. I think I actually remember reading that post and I was like, I did that too, because I still had to work during April vacation, but I needed, I, I needed a break and I could feel it in my body. And when I feel it in my body, it's overdue. Mm -hmm. And, um, that my kids were like, what are we going to do? And so my, my daughter and I, we started watching planet earth 
like Ooh, old school Planet yes. Earth, right? Uh-huh. Um, we played um, Mario Party and Mario Kart, and that's what we that's what we needed to do as a family. We baked. We did some just walking, hanging out with a puppy. Mm-hmm. Like that's it was really recharging. And even though I still had to do work, to know that I could stop, I had to stop, and I wanted to go play and hang out with my kids. I was like, this is beautiful. I'm all about this. So good. Look at us being fun moms on occasion. I'm so into it. Um, <laughs> um, Janine, I, this has been so delightful. I have you on the hook for one more question. So as I think you might know, at the end of every show, I have my guest share, or I share, I won't share today because you're the guest, but um, share your next edit. It's a super actionable tip that listeners can consider doing right away after they finish listening. And you are all about action. So this is like designed for you. So in the context of our conversation today, I would love to hear what your next edit is. So I would say, honestly, stop and say one thing that you're grateful for. That's it. (laughs) One thing that you're grateful for. (laughs) I love it. I foresee, I can see in my mind an Instagram social card prompt with this, your next edit coming. Janine, this was such a beautiful way to start my day. Um, Thank you so much for the gift of your time and your expertise and your light. I don't know. I just, I'm feeling it today and I'm really, I'm grateful for you. So thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. This is warming my heart. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Okay, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.